Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, I'm Miriam, and thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Since 1980, millions of parents have relied on Adele Faber and Elaine Maslisch's timeless How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk for practical advice on communicating effectively and empathetically with children. In 2017, Adele's daughter, Joanna Faber, along with Julie King, published the best-selling How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen, applying the same trusted techniques to the particular challenge of parenting young children. Now, Faber and King apply the How to Talk communication strategies to some of the most difficult challenges of raising children. Building on core themes of mutual respect, Faber and King offer thoughtful, constructive, and sympathetic alternatives to yelling and punishment. Joanna Faber is here today to discuss her new book, How to Talk When Kids Won't Listen. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Joanna Faber is a parenting and education expert. She contributed heavily to her mother's award-winning book and wrote the afterword for the 30th anniversary of How to Talk So Kids Will Listen. She lectures and conducts workshops based on her mother's work and her own experience as a parent and educator. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very glad that you're here. Um, We're going to talk about your book, and I have the book. I've read the book, How to Talk When Kids Won't Listen. And I love that you use, you know, a lot of humor and stories, anecdotes, a lot of stories that readers sent in. So it's a really, it's a really fun book to read, all as well as being helpful and practical, and you know, a lot of good advice. It's also a fun read. Oh, that's great. That was our goal. We wanted- oh, good. Well, you met it. <laughs> we wanted people to laugh while they're reading. Yes, I did. And that's that's a, um, that's a key to me, to getting me hooked. So um, I really enjoyed it. So let's just first kind of talk about, you know, the basic communication tools. And that's how you start out the book. Um, tools to deal with feelings, you know, cooperative kids and all of that kind of good stuff that people struggle with. How to, what are the communication tools? Okay. Well, let's see. Where shall we start? It's such a, it's a big topic. We wrote a whole book about it. I know. Right. So um, we're just going to have to do some little (laughs) snippets of each and then everybody's going to get your book and read all of it. Um, So one of the things we talk about in the beginning of the book is, you know, when, when we think about getting kids to listen, we don't literally mean we want the sound waves to enter their ear. You know, we, we want them to listen as in, you know, behave or at least be slightly cooperative some of the time. (laughs) And, you know, if we think about times when we're not so happy with our own behavior, let's say, um, you know, it's probably times when we've been under stress, you know, maybe you had a fight with your partner or you had a rough day at work or you didn't have enough sleep and then you end up, you know, losing your temper, snapping at your kids Um, you know, doing or saying things that you're very glad, you know, didn't end up being picked up by an open Zoom mic, let's say. (laughs) Um, The point is there's a connection between how we feel and how we behave. So for kids, there's also a connection between how they feel and how they behave. So if we want them to behave and be cooperative, 
we have to start with feelings. Um, and uh, so one of, one of the primary foundational ideas we talk about is, is we need to start by acknowledging kids' feelings. And, and we're really talking about negative feelings because it's not hard to acknowledge kids' positive feelings like, oh, you know, you love your little brother. How nice. You're such a wonderful sibling, you know, <laughs> or, or you like math. Maybe you'll grow up to be an engineer. You know, it's, <laughs> it's when kids say things like, you know, this homework's too hard or I hate Sammy uh, that, you know, we have a hard time with that. So, you know, our instinct is to sort of try to tamp down a negative feeling because we don't want to amplify it. We don't want it to get bigger and make it worse. So if a kid says, this homework's too hard, uh, you know, we want to say, hey, you know, if you spent half the time working on it that you are complaining about it, you'd be done with it by now. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And I do think that it is... Um, important to tap into their feelings, right? Because there is, you know, there's always a reason. Um, usually, I wouldn't say always, but there's usually a reason why kids are not cooperating or behaving. I think, you know, maybe there are some kids where, you know, it's hard to find that reason, but I think there, there's usually a reason. Um, and if we can figure that out, then we can, you know, maybe start to make some progress. And, you know, um, it made me think of, I just jotted down a couple notes as you were speaking, made me think while you were speaking that, I feel like there's a, a balance and correct me if you, you know, disagree. I feel like there's a balance to be found here because I think some parents maybe, you know, I'll say old school or something, um, you know, just do it because I said so and get over it, you know, that kind of thing where they're not caring, you know, there's no feeling involved there. And then I think we can, we see parents on the other end where it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want you to be upset or feel uncomfortable at all. So, you know, we'll make sure that we take that all away, you know? So I think, I think probably that balance, you know, with the feelings, do you agree with that? Right. Right. We're not suggesting that when your kid says, you know, this homework's too hard. You say, Oh, here, honey, let me do it for you. I don't, I don't want you to suffer. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, sometimes people worry that this approach is too permissive. But, you know, in fact, what we find is that when we can accept and acknowledge feelings, um, you know, it's sometimes easier to limit behavior. Oh, wait, let me go to the I hate, the I hate Sammy example. You know, so he, the kid says about his little brother, I hate Sammy. And, you know, what do we want to say? Like, no, you don't. He's your brother. I don't right. Want to, you know, Siblings should be best friends for life. You know, and what kid in the history of the world has ever said like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't hate him. <laughs> like for, it just doesn't work, uh, you know, on a very functional level. So if we can accept that strong feeling of irritation and say, oh, something your brother did really irritated you. You're so mad at him right now. That's actually going to, bring down the heat mm. rather than ratchet it up. 
you know, he's going to say, yeah, you know, I was working on my Lego and he grabbed it and he broke it. And you could say, oh, it's so hard to, you know, work on your toys with a two-year-old around. Two-year-olds like to grab everything. What can we do? You know, is there anywhere we can put it where he can't reach? Or is there something we can give him? See, once you accept a feeling, um, then it leads to sort of, uh, it, it opens up the channels for thinking more clearly and, and finding solutions instead of saying, no, you don't, don't say that. Which, right, right. Because we know that they don't, then, then you can talk about that later, you know, probably, right? Like, now let's talk about, you know, I know you kind of, you know, you were upset, you know, when you said that earlier, but let's talk about, you know, and then, and, and hopefully, and probably most likely the kid will say, I know, you know, I didn't mean it. I just was, I was upset, but you know, we all want to be heard and understood. So our kids are no different than that. So a lot of times I, I've seen it with my own kids, just like you said, acknowledging their feelings, even if you don't agree with it, or, or, or even if I would have to say to myself, I wouldn't really react that way or think that way, but they're not me. So I have to say, I can understand why you feel that way or right that I, I get it or, or tell me why you uh, feel that way. Yeah. I mean, it might help people to, uh, my mother always used to say, if you're not sure of something, try it out on yourself. So if you can imagine yourself say, coming home from work and saying to your partner, like, oh, the coworker of mine in the next booth over, she's driving me crazy. She's, she's such a jerk. And, but you don't say jerk. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, she's always, you know, chewing this gum with this nauseating smell. And she plays this music that drives me crazy. You know, she's always playing. What is she playing that drives you crazy? Whatever it is, you know, whether it's country <laughs> western or, you know, headbanger music, right. and um, she's always, you know, borrowing my pens and pencils and never gives them back. And then your partner says to you, "Oh, honey, you know, we don't talk that way about our coworkers. Come on, you, she's not that bad. Um, you know, you have to understand. You have to learn to get along with people. How would you feel towards your partner? Right. That'd be the la that'd be the last mistake there in that thing." <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. Like now you're now no, you're not no, right. irritated with your coworker. Now yeah. you're and a lot of times we just want that person to come along, even if like if I'm doing that, you know, to my husband complaining about someone, even if I know deep down like I will obviously get over it. It's not the big a deal. I don't want him at that moment telling me that. I just want him to say, even just to be like kind of on my side for the moment. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't believe that. And then maybe later say you know, are you, it's not really that big a deal. You're not mad about that. You know, so something like that, just kind of being with them. I think you said, you said a really key thing there. You want to feel like that person in your family is on your side, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you want them to say like, oh, that sounds really frustrating. You're here. You are trying to concentrate with that music in your ear that you don't like. And that smell, um, you know, that's, that's not easy. Um, you want them to be on your side. And once, yeah. once you feel like someone's on your side, that's when you can, again, you can sort of calm down and start to think more clearly, like, Hmm, what can I do about this? You know, can I wear headphones to block out the mm -hmm. music? Can I talk to her? Um, but if the person takes the, if, if, if your beloved takes the other person's side, then you're just, you know, the, the anger doubles. Now you're irritated with everyone and you really can't think straight. Yeah. 
I agree. No, that's, those are, that's great advice and something to think about. Cause I think also goes along with, you know, trying to fix it. You know, like you said, when they say, you know, your child says something, no, no, it's, you know, cause you don't, you don't want them to be upset or man. No, no, it's, it's a, you know, let's do this. Or did you try this? And I think there's a time for that later, but maybe just first acknowledging it, letting them, you know, calm down. And then you can have that conversation a little bit later. Sure. Yeah. What about, and you, you um, speak to this in the book, you know, what about the kids? um, You know, you say how to listen when your kids won't talk. Like, I want to listen, I'm ready, but you're giving me one word answers (laughs) for everything. So what about that kind of scenario? Okay. Can you give me, give me an example so I don't have to. Yeah. So like your, 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 your child comes home maybe from school and you say, and you're asking maybe those, maybe you have to ask different kind of questions, but you know, how was school? Fine. Oh, well, how'd you do on this test today? Fine. You know, great. Uh, you know, what's, what's happening with this person? Oh yeah, it's good. You know, and then maybe, but maybe you have another child that it's just easier because they just, you ask how was school and then it's like, you, you get the play by play. So then you're, you're, you know, you can listen to that, but the other, you know, it, it's just more one word answers. The other gives you the one word response. Yeah. Or I've always, I always had those kids, you know, my, my friends would tell me all, all kinds of things that happened in the classroom. And I would, <laughs> you're I like, would what? Wonder, I don't know that. Um, so, you know, some kids, some kids like to share every detail of their day and some kids like to have a little separate private life out there, which is okay. But one of the things we can do is kids tend not to appreciate being interrogated when they come home from school. They don't like Mm -hmm. being fired questions at. So the first thing when a kid comes home from school might be, hey, welcome home. What do you want for a snack? I mean, that's (laughs) not like, you know, how did you do on your test? How was your presentation? What did you need to say about it? Um, And then one thing that I found when I'm really curious because maybe they went on a class trip that was greatly anticipated, or maybe I really helped my kid a lot on his presentation that he gave in class. And I want to know how it went is instead of interrogating to give an invitation and say, Hey, you know, I'd love to hear about how your report went, you know, your your report on dogs went when you're in the mood. And what I found was that you know, five minutes later, 10 minutes later, and half an hour later, my kid would come over and say, mom, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to tell you about it. And, uh, you know, so, so you're letting them go on their own clock and you're, you're offering an invitation instead of a demand for information. Um, I really like that. I wrote that down, invitation versus interrogation, because, you know, we don't see it as an interrogation. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just asking a couple of questions about your day, but Right. They aren't ready yet, or they might see it as an interrogation. Gosh, why are you, you know, asking me, you know, 5 million questions when really it was two, but, you know, to them and, and maybe like you said, they're just not quite ready yet. They need to unwind or whatever it may be. All kids have different um, personalities. So, but I really like that the way you phrased it. Hey, I'd love to hear about that. Let me know. Or whenever you, you know, when you feel like telling me about it, I'd or when love you're, to know. Or when you're ready to tell. I'd love to hear about it when you're ready to tell. I think that's another thing I used to say. Yeah. And I'll just give you one more thing on that. I think I learned this one from Julie. Um, we sometimes did this little game at dinner time, and it was called A Truth and a Lie. 
And yeah. everyone would tell, we'd go around the table and everyone got to tell one lie, uh, you know, one thing that didn't happen during the day, one thing that did happen. And then everyone else would be listening very carefully, trying to figure out which was the real thing. So, you know, everyone got their chance to talk. So the kids who were more laconic didn't get overwhelmed by the kids who were talkative because we were taking turns and, and everyone had fun really focusing and listening to each other. And I got to hear a lot of interesting stories about People's Day, including my husband. He, <laughs> I, was, I never would have known this if we didn't play this I game. love that idea. I, I've done that before with just in general, you know, like the, the kids, like the two truths and a lie. But I really love the idea of a, just a, as simple as about your day, though, because then it's you're going to hear something that happened that day, um, you know, from them. Then you can talk about that. And it's turned it into like a fun game. So they're not feeling like, oh, they have the light shining right on me and they're asking me a bunch of questions. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. And and I think there's all kinds of variations. You can Everybody can tell a best thing about their day or a worst, yes, yes. worst thing about their day. That's always fun. Yeah, I will ask mine, you know, what's the best, what was the best thing about your day? So it's, it's not one word, but I really like that. And um, I'm going to play that <laughs> at dinner next time because I, I really like using it about the day. And like I said, just it turns it into a game and then, you ha- but you're really having this great conversation disguised as a game. Um, so things like that, you know, kids will always do stuff like that. So that, that was a great, great idea. If you try um, that, you have to, you have to write to me and tell me if you heard. If you I heard. will, I will definitely. I'll tell you how it went over. I will, I'm going to do it. And I will tell you that. And I have, um, I have to admit the game did used to be called two truths and a lie, but we shaved it down because, you know, it's too right. much to think of three different Too many, just one, a truth and a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Pick one thing. Yes. I love that. I mean, I'm going to do that. You have to make up an elaborate lie that's going to trick someone. Yeah. Then you're like, wow, you made up a lie right quick. Um, <laughs> what about, um, what about, how do you, what, what's your take on, or how do you deal with, you know, the, maybe a parent says, you know, my one of my kids or my kids or however, you know, they just, they seem like they have a bad attitude. They're always whining and complaining. You know, they're kind of like, see the glass, you know, half empty kind of kid. You know, maybe someone says my other child is, doesn't do that. So now, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, how do I talk with them? How do I listen to that child when they're maybe, it seems like most of what they're saying is negative. Well, I think that sort of circles back to the first idea about acknowledging feelings. Sometimes the harder we try to quash down the negative feelings and the harder we try to push them away, the more insistent our kids become in telling us like, no, it really is that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's not so bad, honey. Yes, it is so bad. Now I have to say it louder and harder. Like, no, they really are bugging me. Um, you know, oh, a little mosquito bite. That's not so bad. Look, no, it is. It hurts and it itches. Um, it, so it's actually going to help you more if you can say, you know, oh, you really don't like mosquitoes. You know, that whining sound and the, the itchy bite really bothers you. Um, if people feel heard, they can relax a little and then they can mm-hmm. think and that opens the mind and it lets people start to think about oh, what could I do? Should I just wear long sleeves out or, you know, put a little of that herbal stuff? Does that work? Whereas if you engage in 
in a battle of the the will, the emotional wills, trying to dismiss the feeling, uh, it's just gonna get hotter and hotter. Um, I've, I've think think about... two different stories to tell. Okay, um, around that one is, you know, one is that a story I put in the book. I had a friend who I was going to. Um, take to the hospital because she needed some tests made. And she called me up that morning and we were talking about when I was going to pick her up. And she said to me, you know, what I'm really worried about is that it's going to be the big C and uh, meaning cancer, of course. Yeah. And, and I, I just felt a chill and, and I really wanted to say like, don't say that. Don't even think it. But I kind of bit my tongue and I was just quiet for I don't know how many seconds. And then I said something like, that's a really big worry to be carrying around. Mm. And her response was explosive. It was, yes, it is. Mm. And do you know what people say to me? They say, don't even think it. Don't even think about it. Can you imagine <laughs> how ridiculous that is not to even think about it? How could you not think about it? And I never admitted to her, and I assume she's not listening to this podcast, that that is exactly what I wanted to say. Because when people say negative things to us, it's it's hard to hear. It's upsetting. But it's so comforting. It's such a gift to a, another person when one person can accept and acknowledge how they're feeling. It's it's just It's just a relief. So for that whiny kid, I would say accept, 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 and then see, oh, I wonder what we could do to make it better. You can't start with what could we do to make it better. You have to start by acknowledging the feeling. Um, there was a study, this is the other thing I wanted to say. Um, there was a study done where they showed people things that really upset them. They took some arachnophobic people and showed them pictures of big hairy spiders. Mm -hmm. And one group, um, they had them say like, oh, it's just a little spider. It's more afraid of, of me than I am of it. They had them say all these sort of half affirming positive things. And the other group, they encouraged them to express their real feelings. Like it's disgusting. Ugh, I don't want it on me. It's so <laughs> scary. It's so horrible. And the second group, when they came to the next session were the ones that were willing to look at the pictures of the spiders and get sort of closer to them and, and feel better about them. The ones who were allowed to express their negative feelings and mm. not the first group. So there's, there's some kind of weird scientific basis for this. Um, where expressing your genuine emotion instead of trying to bottle it up helps you let go of that negative emotion and move on from it. I receive the most compliments on my outfits when I'm wearing something from Shell Bell Boutique. Shop Shell Bell and you're supporting a locally and female owned business. Shell Bell opened in September of 2020 and they carry many popular brands such as Fate, Vintage Havana, Vegan Warehouse, Can Can, Mono B, Nikki Bicky, and Aloha. The boutique also includes SB Girl, fashions and accessories for girls sizes 6 to 14. Shell Bell is located at 334 East Garfield Road in Aurora, Ohio. If 
you're not local, you can shop shellbell.com. That's S-C-H-E-L-L-B-E-L-L.com. New styles are arriving daily, and you can check out Shell Bell on Facebook and Instagram and contact the boutique to book your private after-hours sip and shop. That's shellbell.com, 330-954-8400. Yeah, just getting to talk it out and, and say how you feel. And, you know, I guess, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I don't know, what do you think about if you have a kid, depending on their age, obviously, mm-hmm. but... And they seem like they're just more of a, you know, pessimistic kind of person, like having that conversation, you know, yeah, like I mean, if somebody's say, say you have a kid who's, uh, you know, anxious and worrying if, if you can, instead of saying, oh, you shouldn't worry about that. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Did anybody ever say that to you? Were you ever? Right. Really it's just like, calm down. Oh, okay. Like, oh, calm down. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> like, did that actually make you feel better? Right. <laughs> I, I remember saying to my mom once, I was complaining to her sort of early on in my career where she was starting to um, have people call me up and you know, people were asking her to come and give talks and she would say, oh, you should call my daughter because now she's doing this work. And I had to speak in front of a really large group of people mm-hmm. and I was really anxious about it. And... Um, you know, I talked to her, I said, mom, this is all your fault. Like, I'm so nervous. (laughs) And, you know, my husband had been telling me, oh, you'll do great. They'll love you. And my mom said, oh, it's sickening. It's absolutely (laughs) sickening. Um, You know, I hate it when I have to go in front of a a big group. It just, Uh. and the second she said the word sickening, I felt better. Hmm. (laughs) I just like, oh, it's like, it's okay to feel that way. It it is you know, in your stomach, you know, feels just sort of awful, like everything could go wrong, but you know, okay. Yeah. yeah. You acknowledge, she acknowledged it. And yeah. then you also could say, well, sh- but she still did it and but she still did it. It was fine. And it was fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. And that goes along with kind of like, um, another thing you touch on your know, fears, um, like anxiety, everybody today has anxiety, they think, and, and some people do. Some people just have normal fears, and that's just kind of a word um, that's been thrown around. But especially just with things going on, I think a lot of kids at any age, you know, some kids are a little more prone to worrying about things than others. But um, I think it's, I think a, that this and a lot of what you talk about in the book, I think it comes down to, you know, really just a lot of time, putting a lot of time in with your kids and having a lot of conversations. It's easier. Everyone's so busy and I get it. You know, everyone's in a different situation, um, but it's it's easier just to say, oh, it's fine. You, don't worry about that. That's not going to be a big deal. It's all good or calm down or those kind of things because it's, you know what I mean? We're just busy or for different reasons. Um, but then to, to really have these conversations and really be in tune with your kids' feelings, it does take a lot of time. Sure. There's, but sometimes the longer way is the shorter way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It always is in the end. Don't even think about it. And and nobody can just not think about it. You can't turn that off. And there's so many things to worry about these days. Right. And, but, but if you don't first acknowledge the emotion, it's hard for a person to hear all that positive stuff. So I'm not saying you shouldn't say the, the positive things. I'm just saying when a person is in distress, the first thing to do is to acknowledge that distress. And that's what will open their ears and open their mind to you. 
Yeah, it seems like that's kind of an answer for a lot of the the issues, not every issue. And it it doesn't, no one's saying that if you acknowledge your children, like in whatever situation is that they're just going to be wonderfully behaved and listen and perfect. That's not the message. Um, no, it's, just, it's just the first step. It's that's a step. step. That's what I was just going to say. That's, that's where you start. That's the first step. And you can go from there. And you, you have so many great, um, topics in the book. I mean, so many things and a parent can just even just pick up the book and go to the contents and say, okay, I'm having an issue with X, you know, whatever it might be. And, and go to that section in the book even um, and read about that because you really do break it down into a lot of different, I would say, popular, for lack of a better word, topics that parents, um, you know, maybe maybe dealing with. Yes, we tried to make the book so people could dip in at any point. You're yes. not required to read from page one on. Uh, although right. we tried to but you can. But you can. <laughs> cartoons and funny stories. But right. It is made that way. And that, that I, I definitely noticed that. So you can jump in and go around and, and do notes and all that. So how can listen? We, we could talk about many more topics in here. Um, so I would encourage people to get the book and um, do just what we said. So how can listeners connect with you and find this new book? Okay. Well... Our publishers told us to say that our book is available wherever books are sold. Okay. So you guys can figure that one out. Everywhere, right. (laughs) Everywhere. And our website is how-to-talk.com. So it's the words how to talk with dashes in between. Um, And if you go on our website and click through to a link to buy the book, you get a little bonus chapter called How to Talk When Your Parenting Partner Won't Listen because we oh. we got a lot of emails about that. You know, I want to do it one way and my husband wants to do it the other way. Yeah. And so we collected some stories there. And that's not actually in the book, but you'll get a little digital bonus if you if you go through our website on that. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. There, you have a lot of great information. It was a great conversation, and I hope that people will get your book, and I think it's really valuable. So thank you so much, Joanna, for being here. Thank you, Ohio. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. And also, Shell Bell Boutique featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.